Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. This is Controlling Commodity Costs, and we are your hosts, Craig Turner and Tom Dazzle. We are your authority to gain control of your commodity exposure, stay ahead of the competition, and maximize your profit margins. This podcast is brought to you by StoneX Group, a Fortune 100 company with a 100-year history in the commodity markets. You can find us on the NASDAQ. Welcome back, everyone, to Controlling Commodity Costs. I'm Craig Turner, and in a little bit, me and Tom Dosdell will be interviewing Dan Conrath about hedging methodology and execution. On the last episode, we talked to Michelle Owens and Chris Amedio about risk assessments and setting a risk policy. We are all part of of EdgeX here at StoneX, and Michelle, Chris, and Dan are all part of the Ag and Energy Group. So I'm really looking forward to speaking with Dan Conrad. He has over 25 years of experience. He's a great guy to talk to. Love to listen to him talk about dynamic hedge plans, and uh, I think you'll like it too. If you are part of a procurement team, a commodity manager in the finance group, all the way up to the CFO, I think you'll find a lot of a lot of value in this and what Dan has to say. So without further ado, here is Dan Conrath at StoneX and the Ag and Energy Group. All right, Dan, well, thanks for joining us. Tom and I are just delighted to have you on the podcast. For everyone, Dan is quite the all-star around here and kind of leave him up to up to him what we're gonna have the topic on. You know, Dan, what do you wanna talk about today? Hedging methodology and execution. Yep. And what, Dan, what's your title? <laughs> I'm a senior market analyst. That, I'm, I'm the lowest rated person. You in, can um, be whatever you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> you mean a senior, senior, super duper market analyst, yeah. the best we have to offer, senior, super Dan, the man, Conrad, here he is. I had a fight for senior. They just wanted market analyst. I said, since I'm over 50, I'm a, no, I'm over 60 now. I am officially a senior. All right, so in our last episode, we spoke with Michelle and Chris about how companies first come in contact with StoneX and how they start assembling their, basically their risk policy and their risk procedures, as well as how new relationships can gain benefit, gain value from understanding our customer survey that we do. So we thought it would be a natural second step for our listeners to meet you, because a lot of the times after companies come through the door, and get through that first step and kind of know some of the areas where maybe there's some potential room for improvement. A lot of times we start talking about putting together a hedge plan and a hedge strategy. And so if you don't mind, just tell our audience maybe a little bit about kind of your day to day and we'll get into it. Sure. Appreciate that, Tom. I I think as you said yesterday with Michelle and Chris, uh, looking at your overall exposure as a company, assessing your risk in the risk assessment process, and then comparing it against our survey industry standards, you come up with, with an areas within your procurement team uh, that may have some need for improvement or just some clarity, especially as markets has evolved, have evolved over the last uh, three to five years. The, the key on developing that hedging methodology we're going to talk about today is you've got a risk assessment plan and now you need something dynamic. You can't have a static plan. You can't meet once a quarter and say, 
this is our hedge plan. Let's come back and look at it the next quarter because obviously a lot of your input costs and are, are moving and they're moving somewhat dramatically over time. So when a company engages with StoneX, what they're doing is taking that next step and building out the hedging methodology. And that hedging methodology is, it, it goes back to what are the objectives of the company? If, if beating your budget or managing to budget is, is the most important objective from a risk management standpoint, then you're gonna be very cognizant of those costs year over year, as well as exposure to your budget over the next fiscal year. If you're more market sensitive, variance to market, you're going to have to be, uh, again, cognizant of the fact that if you're 5% under budget and you lock in the price, and at the same time, the market goes down 35%, you may have beaten your budget by 5%, but you're 35% over market. So when we work with a company, we have their objectives in, in play and we build out that, that hedging methodology. And that hedging methodology is, is based on really three major components uh, or strategies for a company to look at their objectives. All righty, well, that's, uh, that's fantastic, Dan. I know one of the things that you look at is your value system, right? That's a that's a big point, yes. part of that, that hedging. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. You know, companies inherently naturally look at a, a company that buys a lot of different products, sets a budget for or forecast for the next 12 months. But they also look at what they paid for their, for their input costs, whether it's soybean oil, natural gas, diesel, wheat. Uh, they look at what they did the previous uh, period, their previous uh, fiscal year. And so it's, in, it's inherently natural that a company is looking back at pricing over some period of time. The basis for our value system is to look at a commodity. Let's take corn as an example. And we look at a, a four-year history of the price of corn, corn futures. And it has a distribution between the lowest price and the highest price. And when you think about a, a low price to a high price, there's a range over the last four years. What we try and do is... a as a, a advisor, as a consultant to our clients is help them with procurement when prices are in the lower half of historical price ranges. And what do we call lower half in terms of our value system? It's the median. You may remember that from Econ 101 in, in high school, you have mean, median, and uh, mode. Mean is the average, median is the midpoint, mode is the most active price. We're taking a look at the median, the midpoint. And if we can look out at corn for September of this year, for December, for March of next year, and we see that those forward prices are in the lower half of the historical distribution the last four years, we wanna capitalize on that. And we wanna capitalize on that and, and lock in those values because over time prices go higher based on supply demand and they go lower. And so that mean median midpoint range is a level when prices get really low, we see higher demand and lower supply coming in. And when we see prices move to a, a higher price range, we see higher supply and lower demand. That takes time. It's not something that happens in one month or two months or three months. That's why we look at a historical price distribution of four years. Well, you made that sound very simple and easy to understand. There's a lot more that goes into it as well, I'm sure, including inflation, right? That must play a factor in, especially in, in recent years. 
Absolutely. You know, inflation, uh, we were in a deflationary environment for 10 years from the 2010s till the basically us coming out of COVID. And what that did for procurement people is, is really it, it helped them because when we would have a price spike because of some short-term supplier demand issue in, in a market, what happened from a pricing standpoint six or nine months later, because of the deflationary pressures of, of the world markets, economies, whatever you want to look at, very low interest rate environment, we, we saw prices revert back down to their lower ranges. Inflation is a tailwind to higher commodity prices. Not straight up, not a straight line. It's a jagged line like every market goes up and down, but inflation is a tailwind. And I'm not an economist. Um, Stonex has some really fantastic economists. And I think, you know, as your as your customer base is talking, they should be they should be reading that because I think it's very helpful. But you know, the economists that we have say higher for longer, higher interest rates for longer. Inflation is going to stay around, therefore, higher commodity prices are going to stay around. And so we do adjust for inflation. And we do make some adjustments in our in our four-year value matrix for one year. What's happened the last year is weighted more than the last four years. So, right. Dan, you'll meet a company and you'll you'll have these kind of check-ins with them. What on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis, as often as they like. How does that? What's the cadence of that type of communication and, and consultation, or does it differ for everyone? It, it, it good question. It's 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 fairly consistent with with a company. Uh, I, I think the the idea behind that is to build this this hedge methodology. And the first component, as I mentioned, is is this value you have either above or below the median. The second component that we that we build and and is part of our hedging methodology is the market factors that that drive price in corn carry out to use ratio, uh, planning intentions, uh, crop progress, crop conditions, all the variables that happen in terms of the, the drivers in a certain market. Some of them are fundamental, some of them are technical, some of them are weather-based. And so that second piece of your system or hedging methodology is, is the economic drivers in the market. Value number one, economic driver number two. The third piece is the momentum in the market. Anybody who's involved in agriculture and energy markets even other markets, meats, softs, dairy, you see the speed at which markets sometimes move. And it doesn't feel like us as, quote, experts in the market, there's not a real rational reason on why the market extended itself like it did. So we build in that momentum as well. How we provide that to the customer is in two or three touch points. First of all, they get that hedge monitor with those three components provided to them every day. And so they can see where the forward curve is relative to value. What are the economic drivers right now? Stocks, uh, production, demand, weather, uh, European feed costs, all the different variables that might come into a market. They see that in that dashboard and, and how it aggregates all those 16 factors into one easy to ascertain is the market in a very bullish to very bearish or flat scenario, and then the momentum. So they receive that every day, Tom. And that's part of just more, I would say, the procurement team, the boots on the ground type clients of ours. Uh, we also then have either twice a month or once a month discussions with maybe the procurement management group or even senior management to have a shorter, broader, bigger picture meeting and discussion about 
what's their overall exposure for all the various commodities that they're doing. So your touch points are daily to weekly to monthly. All right. Excellent. Well, Dan, it sounds like you have a very tight and solid methodology here. It must have taken years to, uh, to put it together. I mean, how has the hedge program changed you know, since you've been doing this? Well, I, I think the, the hedge program, any, anybody that has something in any industry, if you have a static product, over time, it's going to become less important because of things happening that we don't expect. Uh, obviously, the energy markets, the agricultural markets or world markets, they've been like that for a while. Uh, we've got speculative traders. We've got all kinds of different pieces of markets that that maybe we didn't have as much five, 10 years ago, and we have the inflation tailwind. So for us, uh, we realized that, that reaching out to our clients, the beauty of Zoom, the, the beauty of Teams, the beauty of all these WebExes allows us to really interact on a more regular basis with our customer, and as opposed to getting on an airplane and flying there. So we, we really feel that the changes that have been made in the procurement hedging methodology are such that we were more on top of our clients' exposure in those markets. And really, that's the bottom line. You don't care as a company, if you have exposure to corn, wheat, diesel, and natural gas, as a, as a senior management procurement person, if corn goes up 25%, but the rest of those price uh, commodities drop by 50%, your overall procurement costs have gone down and that's good for you as a company, even though one of your input costs has gone up. So for us, it's, it's really looking at your commodity exposure index as a whole and, 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 and realizing that you're managing these individual pieces of a puzzle, but ultimately the puzzle is my overall commodity exposure in the market. Excellent. I got another question for you, Dan. So a lot of companies probably come in, they may have never used the financial markets for hedging before and have operated procurement strictly in the physical realm. Do you operate in the physical realm, providing advice as well as the financial realm? Can you tell us about that a little bit, how companies come to us and maybe how do they evolve over time in general? Great question. Think of it this way. You've, you've done this risk assessment. You have an idea as a company of what your goals or objectives are, number one. Number two, you've developed a hedging methodology and a strategy. And that hedging methodology and strategy includes how far out you as a company want to manage that risk. Do you go out four quarters? Do you go out two years? And the, the, the third piece is in what arena do you hedge physically? Do you hedge financially? A lot of the clients that we start with have maybe not as had as much experience to the financial side of the market. But think of it this way, if you physically go out and lock in corn prices uh, for Q4 of this year, and you do it through a supplier, you're going to lock in that price based on the futures price on the board, plus or minus the basis. It's really not any different than going in and locking in a financial futures position. In the physical market, you're getting the corn. And, and for a, a, a client of ours that has multiple suppliers, and those multiple suppliers are all vying to provide that, that commodity to our, our client, 
why would you want to necessarily lock in a fixed price with one of those suppliers? You may want to have the those three, four, five suppliers bidding against each other. And one of them is going to be Descorn minus 12 cents. One of them is going to be Descorn minus eight cents or two cents. And as long as you look at the financial side of that and hedge, you're able to negotiate a, a basis contract against, against the board. So I think that's important. One other thing too, when we start with a client who has not used futures before, the, the, the key on that is to take a window of time, let's say six months, uh, maybe as much as a year, and do a pilot program. Carve out some of your procurement volume and utilize it in the futures market, just as you had in the past in the, in the physical markets. And at the end of three months and six months and nine months, evaluate if you as a company have the operational capacities to send in margin calls. To, uh, to EFP or exchange for physical futures into physical contracts and get experience with that. You don't have to take 100% of your exposure and go into the futures market and, and, and start managing risk at, at levels that you're not used to. You can take 10, 20, 30%, 40% of your exposure in the next six months and start to develop a pilot program hedging in the futures market. I think those are some excellent points on the value and, and, and the evolution of coming in, starting on the physical side and, and eventually gaining more experience in the finan financial realm. And the example you gave about the multiple suppliers vying for the lower price in the cash markets really made sense to me and really uh, painted the picture well, I think, of, of those benefits. But starting small and how it all stems from the risk assessment, uh, which, we, which we discussed in episode one. I think makes a great deal of sense. Agreed. Dan, I think a lot of the folks we come across at trade shows around the country, maybe in the procurement department, hesitate to get into working with companies like ours because they're afraid that we're going to step in and fill the void, fill, fill the position that they're currently occupying. Can you talk a little bit about how we make procurement people look good? Right. right. Can you speak to that at all? You know, in, in, in the end, everybody, everybody has a job to do and they want to, they want to look good to upper management. And, and it's, it's, it's funny in our business, uh, if, if you're a customer and we're working with a client and they've hedged out 50% of their exposure for the next year and the market goes up dramatically, management is going to come back and say, why didn't you hedge a hundred percent? just because even though we did a good job of, of managing that exposure. So it also works on the inverse. If we have one month of procurement out at 20% and the price, similar to what's been happening with the, with the old crop and new crop grain markets, the prices have been falling. We have one month hedged out on the, on the curve at 20%. Somebody somewhere is gonna ask us, well, everybody should have known that you know, planning was gonna be great and why did you hedge that 20%? So how, how we help our clients is, is to make them not only decide when to hedge, but we're almost like a conscience on when not to hedge. You know, from a company standpoint, and I think this is really one of our strengths at StoneX and the expertise of, of Tom, of you and, and Craig on the ag side and our energy team is, if you lock in corn prices at seven and a half dollars out for, on the curve and they go to five and a half dollars, that's probably worse than not locking corn prices when they're at 450 and they go to 650. 
it just it really it really just demoralizes a procurement team to hedge at extremely high levels and then have the market opportunity evaporate on, on these lower prices. So for us, when company when when the when our clients say, well, geez, you'll replace us, we're working with customers to help them be be aggressive when it's time to be aggressive and be less aggressive when it's time to kind of sit on your hands. And I think the testament to that in our client base and in all, all of our groups is the, the length of time our clients have been with us and the energy side of the business. And it, it's going to, again, uh, kind of identify my age, but we've had clients for 20, 25 years. And in the ag space, as you had business for 10, 15 years plus, those clients stay with us, not because they're worried about us replacing them, but because we add a lot of value to them in a lot of areas where they have a they have other responsibilities in a company than just procuring commodities and hedging. They've got a lot of other things on the physical side of the market that we will never have the expertise that those internal procurement teams have. I think that's really well said. It's really about making the tools available or, or adding more tools to the toolbox to help the procurement people do their jobs effectively. And a lot of times that involves education, even of upper management individuals, in my experience, and just providing people with an understanding that we are here to help uh, people do their jobs more effectively. So I think that's really well said. Great. Appreciate everybody's time. Great to be with you today, Dan. And again, Michelle, Chris, Dan, uh, if you want to get in touch with them or any of us here on the team, all of our information is in the show notes. Outstanding. Thanks a lot, everybody. The trading of derivatives such as futures, options, and over-the-counter OTC products or swaps may not be suitable for all investors. Derivatives trading involves substantial risk of loss. And you should fully understand those risks prior to trading. Past financial results are not necessarily indicative of future performance. All references to futures and options on futures trading are made solely on behalf of the FCM division of Stonex Financial Inc., a member of the National Futures Association and registered with the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission as a futures commission merchant. All references to and discussion of OTC products or swaps are made solely on behalf of Stonex Markets, LLC, a member of NFA and provisionally registered with the CFTC as a swap dealer. StoneX Markets products are designed only for individuals or firms who qualify under CFTC rules as an eligible contract participant and who have been accepted as customers of StoneX Markets. This material should not be constructed as a solicitation of trading strategies and or services provided by the FCM division of StoneX Financial or StoneX Markets as noted in this presentation and podcast. Neither the FCM division of StoneX Financial Inc. nor StoneX Markets is responsible for any redistribution of this material by third parties or any trading decisions taken by persons not intended to view this material. Information contained herein was obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but is not guaranteed. These materials represent the opinions and viewpoints of the author and do not necessarily reflect the opinions and viewpoints of the FCM division of StoneX Financial or StoneX Markets. Reproduction or use in any format without authorization is forbidden. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved.